Hello everyone and welcome to an episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast where we talk about real Canadian rugby. I'm the Spider-Man of Earth B63, Stu Hardy, joined as always by the Spider-Man of Earth 416, Derek Brissett. Derek, how you been? Oh, I, I've been great. Um, I feel like, uh, to, just to, so people understand this joke, um, me and Stu spent our entire pre-recording chat talking about the cinematic masterpiece that is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And yeah, a lot, a lot of multiversal stuff. Um, did you say Earth four one six? What would a tr- Toronto-based Spider-Man is that? What we're is that what we're going for? Yeah, I think like, so. I think that's what, what I was gonna say. What, what would Toronto-based Spider-Man have? Like a, you know, we got like a blue and white costume. Little, uh, yeah, I said blue and what? white. A bit, a bit of re- so yeah, more of the blue than the red. Yeah. You know, red will be reserved for like maple leaves and stuff like that. But, all his quips but, end with buddy or a yeah. or something. Is that what else are we? All yeah. the quips end with that. Um, yeah, enjoys. Well, I mean, it, I can't. I I wanted to say something. I don't want to spoil yeah, it. Yeah, can't. It can't I will say oh. that there is a character. You know, you know, a cameo in the background of like Spider Canuck. There is, is yeah, a Spider-Canuck female is a, is a, yeah, female hockey player in the film. But yeah, no spoilers. That is a, but... uh, yeah, that's a that's the best part of the movie in all honesty is all the deep deep cut Marvel lore. Um if you are a huge Marvel fan, um you get significantly rewarded just by like the chuckles of looking at the background um for a lot of it. It's an incredible movie. Um we should go check it out. Um yeah. everybody should go check it out. It's an incredible movie. Um, it almost makes me yeah. want to do this entire podcast breaking down um, across the Spider-Verse. But unfortunately, this isn't a Marvel podcast, um, yeah. a movie podcast, or anything relatively related to a across podcast. the Spider-Verse. And, we, the, fi- should, and the film's just come out, so we can't really spoil it for anyone. So it, I think yeah. the only thing we can spoil is the results from York Lions Stadium this Saturday. Yeah, welcome where... well, across the Arrowverse, if you will. We'll yeah we'll go and there's a there you know what there is a multiversal scenario where the arrows are the best team in major league rugby right now so perhaps we should break possible. down an earth 416 um arrows game instead no the, we have to talk about 616 arrows game did not go well all right let's talk about the game itself so uh the final result uh unfortunately was toronto 26 houston 48 now Obviously, Toronto going into this game already eliminated from the playoffs. Houston uh, needing to secure their spot in the playoffs uh, for the Western Conference. So they obviously had a bit more of a dog in the fight, which is ironic because they're the Sabre Cats. Um, Yeah, and so the game started off and it's been the same way for like the past few games here uh, for the Arrows is... There'll be a mistake. The arrows concede a penalty, and suddenly all the pressure's on them. Um, so uh, Van der Schiff got uh, the first of his two tries in the fourth minute, and his second was followed up only three minutes later. So, and uh, thankfully, at least one Canadian was scoring points uh, this game, and that was Rob Povey, who unfortunately was playing for Houston. Um, so yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, he had a pretty good game. He got uh, four out of the six conversions that he was able to get, obviously. Um, Nasa KK's try was an auto seven, so didn't need to worry about that. And he scored a penalty as well. So he's uh, 
So yeah, he is the most active Canadian on the pitch in terms yeah. of scoring. Well, yeah, he also set up a couple of uh, Houston's tries too. He was a very, very key cog in their uh, whole attacking scheme throughout the game. And to be, and speaking from a Canadian perspective instead of just like an Arrows perspective, because he hasn't been playing for a number of Houston's games earlier this season until I don't know whether it was, um, you know, injury or like a strategy plan. I think um, yeah. Povey did say that he did pick up a knock in like uh, week three and was like, dealing with that but obviously with teams not announcing like their injury list it's hard to find out the facts unless you <laughs> find the player themselves um but you, you know what ever since he's uh been coming back and been playing in the starting lineup he's been he's been telling great. kingsley he's been telling kingsley jones and uh everyone at rugby canada i'm still here i've still got it i know there's uh some young guys coming up, but that is my number 10 jersey at the moment and no one's taking it from me um but yeah, so Povey definitely uh, one of the Canadians that had a really good game uh, today. Well, today uh, on the weekend, um, there was uh, it wasn't all doom and gloom. The Arrows did get a score within the first half, and that was uh, from a driving maul from a lineout. So you yeah. know it's uh, you know it's in an alternative universe when the Arrows can actually score from one of those things. Um, but that was Ramon Ayaza picking up, I believe, his second or third try in MLR, um, mm-hmm. where the conversion was missed by uh, O'Leary. So it was only five points. And then, unfortunately, uh, Houston just kept uh, scoring tries after that. Uh, Grassman, Wild, Dyer, all picking up um, tries. So basically... Houston had the try bonus point secured even before half time, which is obviously something that you're not really keen on seeing. Um, but yeah, yes, I prefer when, to not give up four tries in the first half. I think, yeah, all, yeah, all I, game idea. Yeah, it's but, just, you know, yeah. that's what people come here for—the intelligent rugby analysis of might not be the best idea to give up five tries in the first half. Yeah, try yeah. not to do that next time. Let's yeah, score tries. Don't let the opposition score tries. I mean, I mean, we got this coaching stuff down. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't understand how we. Uh, we should coach. We should be coaching Dallas or something. Yeah, absolutely. Chicago, maybe Dallas or Chicago. Well, I hear there's a space with uh, the Miami Sharks. We'll go down. Oh, yeah, there we'll, we go, Miami. We'll, we'll lift the shield well, and we'll be back uh, next year to see how it goes. Al Pacino, we're um, coming for your job coaching yeah. Miami Sharks. <laughs> anyway, we then in the second half it was. You know, it seemed to be more of the same. Tau Fete was uh, able to get the first score, and I think that just like knocked any momentum that the Arrows were like hoping to get. Um, but then, uh, at about the 50-minute mark, uh, Owen Rattan uh, scored his first MLR try, and uh, unfortunately, no, sorry, fortunately, um, O'Leary was able to get this conversion, but I think it was also a case of Rattan was wanted to be like, you know what? A lot of guys can get their first try in their debut season. I'm going to get my first two tries in this match. And mm-hmm. so about 10 minutes or so later, he picked up his second try. Um, and then uh, Nasa KK scored in the 70th minute, just to remind um, 
the arrows that Houston were still there and were still able to score in these situations before the game finally closed with a uh well basically Nasa KK came uh came from hero to villain as he picked up a yellow card and that gave the arrows a man advantage until to get uh Jack McRogers powering over to score the try Peter Nelson getting the conversion and um and yeah, and basically that's where the scoring ended because that was in the 79th minute. The final scores, as we said, uh, Toronto 26, Houston 48. Uh, yeah, as in overall positives, you can see the arrows obviously coming from like so far down to get a try bonus point. Yeah. But again, ultimately, as we said, like the defense was lacking for this entire game up until like the 50th minute mark. And I mean, conceding two converted tries within the space of like the opening 10 minutes is going to set the tone for the entire game. And yeah, that was bad. Yeah. And, you know, congratulations to Rattan for getting, uh, you know, his debut try or tries. And, you know, good and good work of the team to get uh, four and get a try bonus point. I mean, at this point, it, doesn't really make a difference uh, when it comes. Point, yeah, to- the bonus yeah. point doesn't really. So, um, so I can and I can understand as well as you're saying, like, well, we don't need to. You know, we're not making the playoffs at this point. I think the arrows are like confirmed to finish bottom of the East, even if they were to like get bonus point wins in their final two games. Yeah. So, you know, from there. You can say uh, from like their perspective is like, you know what, we'll just try out new things, see what works, try out new player combinations, see what we can do. I mean, obviously, injuries uh, the determining factor in who's able to play and stuff. But yeah. you can say like, oh, yeah, you know, if we get, um, you know, a couple try bonus points or even losing bonus points and the Jackals... Uh, don't get anything, then we can go ahead of them. And so we'll be a little bit, you know, it'll be Miami, Chicago, Dallas, then Toronto for the draft. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, it's as it for, for a game that ultimately doesn't mean much beyond pride to for the Toronto, arrows. Meant a lot for that's the thing, right? It's like you say, like it doesn't, it meant a lot for Houston. Yeah. And I think, I think this game especially the opening 10 minutes, it looked like it meant a lot for Houston. Um, yeah. Because obviously Houston, um, we talked with Robbie Povey after the match, um, that post-match interviews up on uh, LaRoucheRugby.com, our YouTube channel. I tweeted it. Um, it's wherever you, wherever you can f- want to find it, you'll be able to find it there. And uh, when we were talking with Robbie Povey, you know, one of the things we were talking about was how um, the Houston Sabercats have basically been playing playoff rugby for the past month. Yeah. Like they they're in they've essentially because of how tight the West is have been put they're in must win games like they can't lose. Um, mm-hmm. They can't Utah can't lose either. They did lose this week. Um, but like, you know, th- going for the next two games is like both these teams have to win their last two games. Um, in order to secure a postseason, a spot postseason, right? It's an incredibly tense and tight race, and you can't like the Sabercats can't afford um, any slip up. So obviously they're coming in. 
they want to make sure they get that bonus point win, right? So they take care of that. So they come in um, and they have two try. They're up 14 nothing within the first seven minutes of the game, right? And, you know, pick up that bonus point before the before the half hour mark, right? So it's like that's one piece of business taken care of. And then, you know, it's it, it is one of those things where it's a little bit of like, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of like score effects and stuff in the second half of some of these games where it's like the lead is so big that the losing team often will be the one that tries to press the score. Um, and as a result, yeah. they maybe are able to come away with a couple tries. Um, it happens in a lot of sports where like, the, you know, a team with a big lead or, you know, maybe often, I don't necessarily want to say step, takes their foot off the gas, but the losing team feels more pressure to dictate the pace of play. Um, yeah, kind of like, that. right. So, you know, I think that happens in the second half and I, I, I kind of think you're right. Um, the, like the bonus point from the arrows, it's like, it's, it's nice, but at this point in the season, it, it doesn't really matter too much. Um, obviously the bonus point structure is there in rugby. And because of that, we look at scoring four tries in a game is it's, it is a big deal, right? Because it gives, yeah, especially because, uh, pizza huts, uh, give, if you, yeah, exactly. If you yeah. Four tries, Every, you give out basically yeah. pizza vouchers. And yeah. Stuff that, like that, that was, that's on all honesty. The fact that arrows fans got free pizza is more important than the bonus point in this game. <laughs> um, like that's the way it should be. Like the more free pizza that you can give out the better. Um, but it, it is one of those things where it's like at this point in the season, um, like it's, you know, the bonus points kind of just feel like, you know, maybe that one slightly positive thing that you can say is there. Um, bonus points are incredibly important for New York, Atlanta, incredibly important for Atlanta now. Um, right. Houston and Utah and the teams above them that have already clinched bonus points are going to matter a lot for those teams. A team like Toronto right now, it's like, it's cool to hit that four try mark because we, because of the way rugby is structured, we look at that as like, you know, a indicator of performance. But, you know, in, in when you are a team that is in the middle of an 11 game winless streak, um, you're last in the conference, you got one win all year. Scoring four tries, but losing by 22 points, just, it's, I don't know, like, it's, it doesn't really get me excited. Um, I know that the Arrows, um, obviously, we've kind of talked about the Arrows attack all year, how they've, they've been one of the, especially early in the year, they were definitely one of the lower scoring teams in the league, and they've kind of continued that. They've been one of the lower scoring teams in the league through, through the season, and hitting a bone, the bonus point is nice. It's just, it feels, it doesn't, I don't think it means too much at this point in the season, other than just like, you got to pull positives from something in a 11 game winless streak. Um, but the thing that I think is really positive, genuinely positive that you can take from this game um, was the performance of Owen Rattan. Uh, yeah, that was, that is a just, he was incredible in this yeah. game. Um, obviously he's sco- so, um, Rattan, um, Rattan was selected fifth overall 
by the Toronto Arrows in last year's MLR Collegiate Draft. Right, he was picked out of U. He was, uh, you know, he played in UBC. Um, you know, was a great player for them. Um, helped them to uh, win a whole bunch of accolades and trophies. Right, and was kind of a bit of a hyped up player coming to Toronto, and he has played. He's played well throughout the season. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's played well. He's got the arrows. The arrows back row is pretty good, right? Um, James O'Neill, Josh, um, James O'Neill, Travis Larson, excuse me, um, mm-hmm. Lucas Rumble, like you know, if healthy, Corey Thomas is there too, right? Yeah. Um, right. So it's like he, you know, he's often coming off the bench or maybe not in the game, but like often coming off the bench and he's done well. But this game, um, this was easily his best game that he's played all year, and it's something to. Arrows fans, I think, going look into the future, can genuinely be excited about. Obviously, he scored the two tries, but if you look at the uh, the stats summary provided by uh, the Toronto Arrows on their on the web on the their website torontoarrows.com, it's like Rattan led the team in tackles with eleven. Yeah. He came on in the forty seventh minute. He played less than a half. He scored two tries and led the team in tackles in less than a half of rugby. Like it's. Uh, and he had like an, you know, an incredible work rate too. Um, and you know, made a, you know, a handful of carries and stuff, but just the fact that, yeah, he had, he was the team's leading try score and led the team in tackles in just, you know, in ba- basically what amounts to just 33 minutes of work. Right. Um, in the second half, um, it was a big reason that the, the arrows had some of that success that they did in the second half. And I think that's something that, you know, his performance in this game, I think, is genuinely something that Arrows fans can be really excited about because that's, you know, that's obviously, you know, great for the Arrows, but also great for Rugby Canada to see a guy like Rattan, Rattan going through the, U, you know, U sports or the university system here, um, getting drafted yeah. in the MLR and succeeding for the Arrows. And this was definitely his best game or his best half. And, um, you know, you were talking about how there's only a couple of games left, so maybe it's time to, you know, we can experiment a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. um, Tim Matthews is going to have to figure out who he wants around next year. Um, and uh, Rattan's making a making a great, great case that he should be a key part of this team going forward, and he, he made a great case for that uh, in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Yeah, especially with results this uh, big or the divide this big, it it can sometimes be hard to find like the positives for games. But yeah, yeah Owen Rattan has been fantastic when he's been available this season. Um, mm-hmm. Ross Brody still on track to be yeah. the best Arrows player. Oh. Yeah, this uh, season, Larson Ta- uh, has been phenomenal. Tassie, uh, <laughs> yeah. Tassie, Tassie, Tassie and Larson, since they've come back from injury, have been fantastic. Yeah, they, yeah, Larson has been great. Um, Arrow, the Arrows website has Larson at twenty six breakdown arrivals or attacking breakdown arrivals, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, yeah. So, like, he's been prob he maybe has been arguably the best Arrow since he's returned from his injury. Yeah. And you know he was incredible. Tassie too. Tassie just seems to do everything. Carries tackles. Um, is always, you know, carries tackles. He's having an impact on the play. Like it seems like every phase he makes an impact on something. And yeah. you know that's like, I hope he's back next year because he's been incredible, incredible all year. Um, the other thing, like I mean, 
I know, I know. I just kind of made that speech about the uh, the bonus point. Not really. I don't think the bonus point means much at this point. Um, but they they did score four tries. So two of them are from uh, Rattan, but the other two are also kind of positive in the sense that hey, they punched over some lineup malls, right? Arza and Jack McRogers each picking up a try, right? So that's McRogers' yeah. first try of the year after leading the team in in, in tries last year too. Yeah. Um, so it's like the the set piece, the set piece did look a little bit better. Um, and the set piece looked a little bit better. They had they had a, a bit of luck in the scrum too. Um, it, it was uh you know they they gave you know it was a pretty good matchup with with Houston, and uh you know Rattan had a brilliant performance. So there's there is some positives to pull out of this game, but at the same time, it's like. It, too little, too late. Yeah, it's 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 like you you can pull the positives out, and that's but it's like, you know, it, it it's one of those things that it's like this is another game though where it feels like it's like okay you can like pick those positives, and I'm sure like Pete Smith and the coaching staff are, are going to do that, but you know at the end of the day too, it's also kind of like there's a it's a pro sports is a bit of a results based business, and you lost by twenty two again. Yeah. Right. Like this, this game wasn't close. And um, like I said, I think a big factor in that is probably that this game meant a lot to the Houston Sabercats and they played like this game meant a lot to them. Um, mm-hmm. And like they, they came out the gates, guns blazing. The arrows could, uh, the arrows could never recover. Like it's tough. Um, You know, like, like we've said, like the, um, throughout the whole season, right. Um, It's tough to win rugby games when you don't play 80 minutes. Right. Yeah. And he, the, the arrows didn't show up until this game was already 14, yeah. nothing. Right. And then um, that's kind of been like a thing. It's like they, there's the arrows can have a really good 60 minutes, but it's the 20 minutes that they, they kind of disappear for that swings the game in favor of the opposition. It seems to be a thing normally. And for this one, it was just straight out the gate. Houston, Houston was, you know, f- you know, foot to the floor, um, right, like the whole game, and um, mm-hmm. that was the that was the kind of the result. Um, like I said, it's nice to see some of the things that we've been complaining about go away, but also mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we have been complaining about all year that were still present in this game. And yeah. uh, at the end of the day, it's another huge loss, and they haven't they haven't won since week three which required Sam Malcolm to put in the most impressive individual performance in the history of major league rugby. Yeah. Been a tough, been a tough year. Yeah. Yeah. That's one way of putting it. Um, anyway, uh, the senior arrows weren't the only, uh, team before, uh, performing this weekend. We also had the arrows Academy. Now, uh, in the week prior, they had a scrimmage with Canada U twenties and the thing is, a lot of the Arrows Academy players are also part of Canada U20s as well. And when we spoke with Corey Hector, you know, he was pretty much uh, sat slap bang halfway looking at both teams <laughs> because he's effectively uh, responsible for both teams Get at this the, point. Uh, and the it's, two-face uh, outfit on, it's half and half. <laughs> yeah, one, one uh, half of the scarf's blue, the other half red. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it were we're told it's a scrimmage of three 20 minute uh 
playing session, so there wasn't an actual score that was recorded, but I'm sure the players know what the final result was. <laughs> um, but Toronto then went to uh, Rugby Quebec in Laval. They went to Laval um, to play their return fixture against um, Rugby Quebec. And, you know, there wasn't really any way to like watch this game. But we do have the final result. And, you know, maybe that scrimmage with Canada U20s put them at a bit of a disadvantage because final score, Rugby Quebec 56, the Arrows Academy 17. The, the game is on YouTube. Um, it's on the, the Rugby Quebec YouTube. It looks like it's filmed from across the street, though. So it's a bit of an interesting watch. Okay. Well, um. Yeah, the next Academy fixture will be this Sunday at 1 p.m. at Alumni Field, where they will be taking on the New York Selects. Um, so no information has come out about this game just yet, but if it's anything like the other games, uh, it should be free entry and will be a curtain raiser before the game against San Diego as well. So if you're able to make it to Alumni Field on Sunday at 1 p.m., you yeah. can see the academy take on the New York selects. I was going to say, and, and, and genuinely come out like it's it's a re- it's really entertaining rugby. Um, like the both the games that they've previously played at York Alumni against uh, Quebec and against the Atlantic selects, they were both incredibly entertaining games. And if you're making the trip down to uh, York to watch the um, the Arrows play the Legion, uh, like come down a few hours early, right? Even if you only catch like the second half of the game, come down a few hours early, walk across the street, have a whole bunch of beers in the garden before, before the game too. Like it's a, uh, you know, kind of make a day out of it, but it's, it it is a really, it's a really good like level of rugby to watch. It's very entertaining. And uh, um, it'll be cool to see, uh, see an American team come up this time too. Yeah. Well, uh, the academy did have that scrimmage with uh, Canada's U20s, and they have been in action today. We are recording on uh, June 6th, and they have taken part in the first round of the two-leg series yeah. between the USA U20s to qualify for the World U20s Trophy. And unfortunately, the final result is USA 43, Canada 21. We have the Canadian try scorers, which are Delea Jr., who's a hooker, uh, Cole Kelly, who's a tight head, and Ollie Wiseman, who is the number eight, with Owen Cormack scoring all three conversions. Now, this game was streamed on Flow Rugby, so it's not directly available in uh, Canada. You need to have like VPN access to be able to get it, and then you'd have to sign up for Flow Rugby as well, which no, um, which no one wants to do. No, no, one no, wants no. To do that. Um, interesting note that uh, Derek has included um, is that Canada led seven nil, and then the halftime score was thirty one seven, with the USA scoring thirty six straight points. No. Well, when it rains, it bloody pause and um, this, yeah. that just to clarify too that's from neil davidson's match report um because um as, as i just kind of said i didn't actually have time to watch the game before we recorded this podcast tonight um so all that uh 
all uh the uh the all the the uh the time and the try score is there it's all from neil davidson's match report well this unfortunately gives the usa u20s a 22 point advantage going into the second leg which will be on june 10th so this coming saturday so it's gonna take a lot for a big hole to come back from yeah it's Um, not impossible but it is a it's a big, big hole. hole. No, no, of course it's not impossible. Obviously, uh, if if the USA can beat you by 22, then logic should indicate that you should be capable of doing the same thing right back to them. Just maybe you, you're going to have to add one, at least one point to it, though. So um, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough one. That's going to be a game you got to get out to a really good start in, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we've talked about the Arrows, we've talked about the Academy, we've talked about Canada U20s, but let's talk about the other MLR results that happened this weekend, starting off with the All-Eastern Affair of Atlanta versus New England. And I I was able to catch uh, some highlights of this game while it was coming out. So, you know, a great uh, try-saving effort from New England in the first half. Um Atlanta were able to get on the board, but this was, it's New England season, it's New England's conference. The final score, Atlanta 14, New England 35. Then we move on to Saturday, where we have NOLA versus DC. And, you know, another all-Eastern affair, but, but one team needed to cement their playoff spot. One was basically fighting to just be considered for the playoff picture. So one again, it's same thing with like Toronto and Houston. One had a bit more of a dog in the fight. The final score, Nola 15, DC 28. This means that DC has qualified for the championship series for the first time in MLR history. And Nola, once again, have been eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, there's some... Remember, remember uh, when we did a season preview and you predicted this, and I laughed at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. What mm-hmm. about? Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Shout out to DC making the playoffs for the first time. Um. If you go back and listen to that season preview episode, you will realize that I never thought that that would happen. Um. <laughs> in my defense, though, if you told me that after 14 games, DC would clinch the playoffs with six wins. I would still laugh at you um, because mm. that's where they're at. They have six wins out of their 14 yeah. games. Um, and if you told me that that was going to be good enough for second in the Eastern Conference with two games left, um, I would definitely have also laughed at that. So I don't hate the fact that I laughed at it. I just, I guess, underestimated how good the rest of the Eastern Conference would actually be. Because if you told me that... DC- well, how... Ha- how good are the Western come? And I oh, yeah, exactly. I guess me. something like that. Because if you told me DC would have six wins after fourteen games, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think that'd be enough to make the playoffs, but yet here we are. Yeah. Um, Nola, remember a couple episodes back when you uh, quoted Shorzy, the great, yeah. great Canadian philosopher that is Shorzy, um, about like you know, not that you like love to win but it's like you also have to hate to lose yeah um nola's the definition of a team that does not hate to lose yeah there um we've we've talked the last especially in the second half of the season just about 
you know, since James came on, especially because I think he kind of coined the the term for it a little bit. But um, you know, the uh the Jekyll and Hydeness of Nola, yeah. where it's like depends on what team shows up. Mm. And in in big games, Nola Nola never shows up. They no. just they just don't. They and um they've been in they've been in the league since the beginning. They haven't made the playoffs yet. And yet every year, every single season, we look at Nola and we're like Oh, like look at all the imp- all the players that they signed, all the improvements that they made in the offseason, um, and that they're going to, you know, take the next step, and then they never do. Mm-hmm. And even like this year, like I just said, all you need is six wins right now in the East to clinch a playoff spot, and they can't can't even do that. Couldn't even get a bonus point out of this one too, like like that just to keep them alive. Like they just they had to they had to lose by eight because that's or not by eight, they lost by a lot more than eight. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, they, yeah, they couldn't even, if they had one more scoring play, they could have, they yeah. could have got a bonus point. They couldn't even do that. They just get flat out eliminated. Um, mm. It's gotta be, it's gotta be kind of frustrating being a Nola gold fan, to be honest. All right. Well, we've had um, all Eastern games so far. So let's talk about an all Western encounter when Chicago hosted uh, top of the West San Diego. And, you know, we've said it for uh, NOLA DC and Toronto versus Houston. Um, one team isn't making it to the playoffs. And so maybe they don't really, uh, you know, they're trying new things. They're seeing what sticks, what works. And the other team is like, we need to prove that we're here on merit. We need to be, we're here because we're meant to be here. Chicago, um Final score, Chicago 14, San Diego 36. This is San Diego's 50th win in uh, their history. It is, I believe, now the joint longest winning streak in MLR history, Mm -hmm. currently tied with New England of last year. Oh. And so, yeah, they got Toronto next week. You excited for that? Well, if you remember last year, it was Toronto that ended New England's uh, winning streak. I know, right? So, so San, San Diego uh, better be careful next week, man. It's uh, Toronto's yeah. been known to end some historic streaks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now we have the second of our interconference battles, uh, which was New York hosting Dallas. And I, in my I predictions, was... had said, you know, I don't know. Are Dallas going to be able to, you know, pull off another upset? Dude, they were looking and... really good for the first five minutes of this game. Yeah, it, it was just the great. other 75 minutes. Yeah, the other, yeah, that proved to be problematic. But yeah, they scored right yeah. away. Yeah. Right uh, away, yeah. Uh, Kotze, uh, you and again, it seems to be... Line out throw that, to yeah. Or that try? Beautiful. And then it went yeah. downhill from there. Yeah. But again, it's one team looking to secure their playoff spot. The other team, you know, already out trying new things, seeing if it works. It doesn't matter if you win or lose because it doesn't change where you where you are, where you're going to be. Uh, final score, New York 43, Dallas 14. This currently puts New York a full 10 points ahead of uh, Rugby ATL. And yeah. with only two games the teams have left to play, it does look like the iron workers will be the team making the player because the um in round 17 who do we have new york versus atl so 
Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the defining factor uh, for that game. Uh, but let's talk about the final game of this round, which is Seattle versus Utah. You know, we were both saying this is going to be a very close encounter. And, you know, it was. Um, Seattle uh, looking to secure their standings in the playoffs. Utah fighting for their place as well. Uh, so both uh, teams essentially having something at stake from this game. Uh, but ultimately, home advantage put Seattle over the final score. Seattle 27, Utah 20. So you can see a very close game, uh, especially with regards to things like bonus points and such. Uh, but with Houston's win over Toronto, it uh, has Utah now currently down in um fourth in the west mm-hmm. on 44 points where they would be second in the east at this <laughs> sport is yeah. cruel it is unfair. it is it is they need uh the uh, all the western conference teams are going to be petitioning uh um nick benson to adopt the uh, cfl crossover rule after this season <laughs> uh big games coming up from the next two weeks though man major yeah. uh Major playoff implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get but, to that soon. But... But yeah. So, with their victory over Utah, Seattle have now officially qualified for the championship series. They will have a home game uh, because they are 10 points. Ad- whilst Houston is 10 points adrift of Seattle, Seattle have more wins, so they are confirmed for at least second place. They are six points adrift of San Diego. So it would need to be a case of Seattle being able to secure that difference. But if San Diego even gets one win, or that'll you know effectively secure them as having the uh, conference final in the West. But that will all be decided next week. Now, uh, something's come out in the Guardian recently, and you may have been seeing on social media including Twitter and Instagram, the hashtag Rugby Union Now. And this article by Peter Lucas talks about how the um, how MLR is currently in a... I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to say battle, because it's all been... Uh, just, you know, just, say, just say what it is. The players... Yeah, the players, the players are looking want to, to form unionize. a players' union. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing you don't have to. We don't have. I don't think we have to necessarily make it like. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to. Edit, I'm not trying to editorialize it. But then yeah, again, exactly. It is a, It is an that's, article. That's and, what it is. It's the so, players are trying to unionize, and yeah. this is essentially this article is really from the players' point of view, but it kind of outlines what they want. So it's worth talking about for sure. Yeah, and these. And even though we're saying things like this, um, the USA Rugby Players Association and using that and unionizing MLR players, this does also include the Toronto Arrows as well. Yeah, because there is. Uh, this campaign has uh, members from every team on board. And if you look at um, you know players' social media, you'll see that they'll have the hashtag Rugby Union now around their profile picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so this campaign already has support from other players' unions, including the NFL Players Association and the MLS Players Association. And currently there are three main demands, which is that players want contract security, they want better working conditions, and league-provided healthcare. 
And the U.S. Rugby Players Association has asked for voluntary recognition, which is also what they asked from the U.S. Uh, from USA Rugby. Uh, but it is prepared to file for an election election if necessary these are the quotes from peter lucas's article in the guardian and um so that article is available on the guardian online it's available if you're on the mlr subreddit there's a post with it there and it has quotes from players including um mark o'keefe and uh nick savetta who is the head of the u.s rugby players association um, and, you know, they've been talking because one of the main things that has been catapulting this has been the um, collapse of L.A. and Austin and the league silence surrounding that. So, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Um... Uh, there is a quote uh, from Nick Benson, the MLR CEO, who said, we respect the rights MLR players have to consider union membership, but we also feel that unionization at this moment could have a profound and lasting impact on our league. We also think it is important for our players to consider all the facts about unionization and collective bargaining and benefit from hearing the position of MLR owners, coaches, and other leaders, which is a very politically neutral approach. Because while he yeah, said a profound and lasting impact, it could also be a positive, profound and lasting impact. Yeah, on our I'm, league. I mean, I think like you said it's like reading reading the article. Um, uh, like for me, I think like there's a reason that basically every other professional sports league in North America has a players union. Um, mm -hmm. because for the most part, the players the players in those leagues need it, and mm -hmm. um, I don't see how. Major League Rugby would be any different or why the uh, the players in Major League Rugby would feel any different than NFL or NHL, MLB, NBA players that, you know, all benefit from, you know, a player's union. Um, yeah. There are three demands, contract security, better working conditions, league provided health care. That's nothing. That's not crazy. Um, yeah. Like those are those all seem reasonable. Um the the way they're going about it seems reasonable. Like I think it's, I don't necessarily like. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's like a negative thing for the MLR to have a players union. Like I think this is just something that once you have a league that's been around for a while, um, players generally will start to have these conversations and have these discussions. Um, especially if there, you know, has been um some things that have popped up with the league that maybe they, they don't agree with and would like, you know, some maybe more formalized like legal representation or, um, you know, ways that they can, uh, you know, deal with the league and talk to the league in a more formal setting. Um, the one thing from the article though, that I was kind of, that did jump out at me, um, is uh, a section uh, where it says, and quoting this now from Peter Lucas's article, is contract security is front front of mind too. Players typically have no say in who they play. For. Um, after the six month season, teams hold a player's rights for the rest of the calendar year. The most common way to switch teams is via sign and trade. Obviously, we've seen a lot of those trades happen. Um, but the idea that, so the season ends in July and you're under, and 
a team still holds the rights until December, but then the season starts in February. So that sounds like you might only have two months if the team that you played for last year maybe doesn't see you as part of the plans. Um, Sounds like you only got like two months to figure out to talk to or figure out a new team to go to. Um, The thing that I do find interesting with that, though, is that sounds not quite as extreme, but it does sound kind of similar to the reserve clause that was in baseball, um, which basically became the mission of the newly formed MLBPA um, in the 70s to get rid of. Um, and they eventually did get rid of that. And that, um, so the reserve clause said that you had the the other team, the team that you signed a contract with owned your rights for the next year as well, which ultimately just kind of kept guys in like a cycle of like, you were on the same team, um, for your whole career, uh, which obviously limits negotiating power and whatnot. Um, but once they got rid of that, that opened up the door for free agency. Um, which then also opened up the door for free agency and every other um, sport and stuff as well. And um, I'm pretty confident that every athlete on the planet loves free agency. Um, so I like if if that's something that the players are concerned with, I totally see why um, they would want to, you know, form this union. And yeah, um, like I said, I I hope. In all honesty, I hope the the owners kind of recognize it and recognize too that if like this doesn't have to be like the NHL where you guys are like constantly fighting and like locking out every five years. Um, right. Like you can hopefully like, you know, take the steps, build like a nice relationship where everybody works together. Um, like I said, it's like, it's a little different because obviously they're not making the money, um, that they do in other sports and stuff. Um, you know, saying like even from that point of view, it's like saying the players have no say in who they play for. It's like a lot, like you know, players in in other sports leagues get traded without their like knowledge or permission all the time, and they just have to, you know, suck it up. Like if unless you have that no trade clause or something, like players yeah. in the NHL, they they get traded. You might not like it, but you got traded, right? Like. And it, yeah. and it is so that's not super uncommon in other sports, but um, it's when you get traded, you're still, yeah, making but it's like the, the difference more be- than enough money, yeah, to- exactly. But then, but the difference being that if you're a major league baseball player and you get traded, but you're making 15 million dollars a year, it's a little bit easier to stomach being traded than if you're an MLR player who just got traded and you now have to leave your other job that you have in the offseason or find a new job in a new city or whatever. Right. So, um, bit of a different circumstances. Um, but I hope, I hope, um, the league, I hope it all works out well for everybody. I don't personally see this as a bad thing for the league. I see it as just like an evolution. Um, the players, at least what the players have presented as what they want in this article, nothing really seems crazy about it to me. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it all works out. Yeah, I'm hoping it works out too. I mean, uh, so one quote that obviously sticks well is, um, uh, wasn't it Chris Matina, who used to play for Austin, now plays for Chicago, that without the players, there is no league. So it only makes sense that we have some input on how it develops. Because remember, when the decision was made for 
LA and Austin to be removed from this yeah. season. That there was no player like, input whatsoever. Yeah, that seems like a big like inciting incident for because I I yeah. honestly like I know that the USRPA has existed for some time, but I honestly don't really remember hearing anything about them until yeah. last year after the disqualifications of LA and Austin. And then, you know, the off season that followed was, I think the first time that the USRPA was ever even on my radar. Yeah. So that's kind of seems to be like a big inciting incident for all this, but um. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, like, I mean, good, good for the players for looking out for themselves, and uh, um, I hope they can come to a reasonable agreement with the owners, and the league can continue. I think everybody ultimately wants the same thing, right? We all want to see rugby grow, yeah, um, right, and we all want to see uh, w- rugby grow, and we want to see rugby especially become a viable option for uh guys to choose playing professional rugby as a career path too right so yeah um it's uh i don't think it's a bad thing for the league i think it actually like i mean provided it's handled properly on both sides provided it's handled properly on both sides um like i think uh it it could be a good thing in the in the long run for the league at least i would hope it it could be because it's had positive effects in other sports in all honesty so um, well, this there's uh, we're hoping that the USRPA and MLR can agree to terms and that this union comes about as uh, soon as possible. But until then, uh, we have to make our predictions for the rest of this season, uh, specifically round 17. And first up, we have Houston versus DC. Derek, who do you have? This will be held at a, a Sabercats Park. Sabercats Stadium, even. Man, uh, I think I'm going to stick with Houston. I think uh, like they they really need this game. Um, it's going to be at home. And, you know, they're definitely going to... Uh, they need to basically win out the rest of their season, right? So, um, you know, they looked really good against Toronto. Um, and, you know, talking to Robbie Povey is like... They they're already in that playoff mentality, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I think I think I've got to go with Houston. Plus, I mean, again, um, the West has been dismantling the East all year, so that is very accurate. Um, but the same thing, I don't think DC are completely, you know, resting on their laurels or anything like that. I mean, they are currently only one point ahead of New York. They need to, mm-hmm. if they want to secure that home playoff, they need to get their points. Uh, where yeah. it's needed. Um, Houston, it will be a case of if they get... Okay, they're currently four points ahead. So, yeah, they still need to get a win to secure their playoff spot. But, you know, I think still think there's a bit of fight for Old Glory as well. So, and, you know, just to be different, I'm going to go with DC. Fair Next up, we have the Eastern Decider. Of making yeah, this is an playoff. actual playoff game. This is basically it, a playoff game. Yeah. This is this is a playoff game, but it I so this is the thing. If New York scores four tries, they're in the playoffs. That's it. Yeah. They don't they can lose the game as long as they get oh, one. Or or you could uh, lose by less than seven, too. 
Exactly. Yeah. You can yeah, lose but... seven three and be fine. Well, this is the same as back in 2021, where New York, where I think it was the final game of the regular season. Yeah. And they had to, they were playing Nola and they just had to get a bonus point to yeah. secure it. And it was, and when that um, try bonus point was scored, like they were celebrating on the pitch. Yeah, already, it, was like, it, it didn't matter what they yeah. did. Um, I think it's, so in lieu of that understanding, I think New York will get the, bonus point to get them through but for ATL they're, they're basically in the position of they need to win so mm. I, I'm i just going to say ATL and it's always been this weird thing of whenever New York play ATL it's always like a mismatch game you always think one team's going to do really well and then it's the other one so I'm saying uh, ATL to win it's weird. It's weird because I was like, um, before you even started speaking there, I was like, my my gut reaction or gut instinct for this game is that Atlanta would win, but New York clinches a playoff spot. Um, <laughs> and that was my uh, so uh, I, great mind think alike. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. I think, like, um, I don't know. I don't know if I feel more inclined to say New York will clinch a playoff spot by keeping it close or by scoring the four tries, but. Um, I feel like Atlanta, I feel like Atlanta, just because of the situation that they're in, are probably going to dictate the pace of the game a lot more, um, mm-hmm. or going to want to at the very least. And especially as, since it is also at home, but I think, New, I think New York is going to do enough to just, um, get that one point to clinch the playoff spot, but I'm going to take Atlanta to actually win the game. Similar to last year, because Nola actually won that game. <laughs> That uh, you were t- uh, um, yeah earlier, and speaking of Nola, uh, they will be heading to Choctaw Stadium to play Dallas. Dallas, I'm done picking Nola in games. Dallas, you know what? I give, I've given up on this team. You know what? Same here. <laughs> I've, I've gone Dallas. Both both teams have been eliminated from playoff contention, but you know Dallas still seem to be like fighting. For every, Dallas has uh, two wins are against Eastern Conference teams too. So exactly, let's so go for a third one here. Okay, then we have Utah versus Chicago. Uh, yeah, again, one team is in the playoff race, uh, one team isn't. So I'll be going with Utah. Yeah, um, Utah at home. They've been good at home, and um, yeah, I mean. That uh, I think probably much like what Povey alluded to with Houston, they've been playing playoff rugby too, and um, they they're coming off a loss though, so they're going to look to bounce back. But um, yeah, I think ev- everything kind of points to to Utah. Mm. Going to set up a wild final week, by the way. Yeah, wild. Uh, ne- next up, we have Toronto versus San Diego. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a very interesting game. I am very curious to see what lineup San Diego brings um, because they play Seattle in the last week of the season. So do you bring the big guns Mm -hmm. and just take care of business this week or do you rest some guys because it's against Toronto? Um, But I am kind of thinking that uh, San Diego is going to bring out 
I, if I'm San Diego, I bring the full tilt roster and just lock up first in the West. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, Toronto's going to win the game. So no matter who they bring, Toronto wins this game. Okay, so I am going to pick San Diego because... I mean, why? Traitor. I mean, Traitor. One, because I'm pretty sure they're going to be picking... Um, you know, their full Canadian contingent, which includes seeing Michael Smith on the field again. Yeah. Which I think is... Includes seeing him lose. Sorry, Mike, but includes seeing him lose. But also, I'm still behind you in our overall yearly predictions. So... And and also, we've also picked the same three teams (laughs) for the last three games. And also, knowing my luck, I'll pick San Diego and they'll lose. Which means yeah. I'm picking it for Toronto because I'm cursed. So San Diego will lose and Toronto will yeah. win. So either way, I win. And That's finally and finally and finally we have Seattle versus New England. Oh, so this this is, this is gonna be one. a good game. This is and, a fun one. Um Yeah. You know what? I know Seattle's at home. I I mean, other than the fact that Atlanta, New York is basically directly deciding a playoff spot, this is probably the game of the week. Yeah. Um, but I think I would like to back New England in this just because I think for them going into the playoffs – I want to see them send a message that they can hang with the best teams in the West because they've done nothing but destroy their own conference this year. Right. They, Mm -hmm. they beat, um, as you mentioned, they beat Atlanta this past weekend, which means they're undefeated against the Eastern conference, but they have two losses against the West, um, against good teams in the West. And I think they, they really need to send a message that they can hang with the top teams in the Western Conference. So I, I'm i going to look to see New England kind of come out guns blazing and uh, take a W in Seattle. Okay, that's a uh, yeah, solid uh, reasoning. Yeah, S- send a message before the championship series here. Um. So whilst we've been talking about uh, teams that maybe have you know, a bit more to fight for. I think Seattle as well, because uh, so their game kicks off at um, what time does it kick off on Sunday? Because you know, they may have a bit more time to yeah, it kicks off at 10.30 Eastern time, so that's 7.30 Pacific. Yeah, so by that point they'll know they'll know what happened in Toronto, San Diego. Yeah. But yeah. So New England, they've already qualified for the top of the East. Seattle, you know, they're they're gonna be playing San Diego in the final round. And that could very much be the uh conference final for the West as well. So while I get where you're coming from, I also think that maybe Seattle and also, they're playing at home as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's their final home game of the season. They want to send their fans away 
knowing that hey we'll be back in uh two weeks yeah. time um but you know they'll also want to be saying that we should have been in the top spot we had you know they had the uh longest run before getting beaten in um mlr this season prior to and then they lost uh was it two games and now they're just tumbling down the table to second in the uh west yeah. um shout out to the schedule maker too for the uh the week 18 games that yeah, basically inc- have all of these, incredible all of these playoff there. teams playing each other brilliant yeah so and also just to be different i will pick seattle so the final uh prediction so the final games for round 17 will be houston versus dc atlanta versus new york dallas versus nola utah versus chicago toronto versus san diego and seattle versus new england and you can catch those mlr games on the rugby network with the exception of the arrows games which will be available on the rugby network uh, later, but live, you can watch that on TSN, tsn.ca, the TSN app, and TSN+. Plus. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out more, as well as our written pieces on our new website, larougerugby.ca. You can also find our podcast on Spotify, S4P, and Apple Podcasts. We also have a YouTube channel at the Rouge Rugby with episodes of the podcast as well as extra interviews with players and coaches. Make sure to like and subscribe and hit the bell notification to stay up to date with all our videos. We are also available across social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at the Rouge Rugby. Derek, where can the fine people find you on social media? I'm at Percet the Jet across all social media platforms, and uh, you can also find us at the games. Um, it's kind of nice seeing... Uh meeting some people that you've only ever talked to online um, this past week. So got to, uh, got to meet Aaron Castro and Doug Wilkie in person for the first time. So that's kind of cool. So for anybody else um, that listens to the show, if you ever, if you see us at a game, like just feel free to say hi. And you can find me across social media at Hardman, spelled H4RDMAN. And I will also be at the game this Sunday. Well, that's where we're going to end this episode. Derek, thank you for joining me. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast, where we talk about real Canadian rugby. We hope you can join us again next time.